You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Let's jump into this week's conversation. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Ridgeline Church and also the president of MyXP, a ministry where we provide remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. We've been in a, a series about staffing and overstaffing. Mm-hmm. Yep, good. I was going to, that was the test. I was going to see if you were going to pretend again Wait, that you didn't know what? what we were talking about. No one is ever more shocked by what we're talking about <laughs> than you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get to that in just a second. But since yes. I, I figured since we're going to talk about staffing uh-huh. and hiring and all that kind of stuff, let's talk about first jobs. Ooh. Yeah. Like what very, was your very first? What was your very first job? All right. It's a little bit of a story. Oh, good Lord. Oh, I'm already regretting this. I know. Uh, so my very first job. Uh, so my parents tell this story that I don't fully recall. But uh, my very first job, uh, there was a knock at the door one evening after dinner, and here is a man uh, in like a tie, you know, with a briefcase and a name tag on it that says Rapid City Journal. And he said, I am here to talk to Tyler and his parents about him becoming the paper boy for this route. Now, what had happened was uh, the paper boy was like giving up the route. And so they gave him like a little slip of paper to include with the papers. And I apparently had gotten the paper that day. I was eight years old, Mm -hmm. uh, had gotten the paper that day, seen the uh, advertisement with a phone number, called the Rapid City Journal, applied for the job, and he had showed up for an interview. What's interesting was my parents um, learned about that as the man stood on our stoop, I had just, and so they were like, wait, what? And at that moment, I come out of my room in my three-piece suit that I had asked for for Christmas. <laughs> You've never been cool. Never a day <laughs> in my life. I've never claimed it either, though. So, no, you know, that's true. Um, <laughs> in my three-piece suit, like, all ready for my interview. And my parents were so shocked by it everything that transpired that they just kind of let it ride. And I was a paper boy for like four years. That's so, unbelievable. Yeah. That's my very first job. You've been yeah. working a long time. Oh man. So <laughs> the first job I applied mm. for was at subway and, uh, okay. I couldn't count back change. So they didn't hire me. Did we talk about this once yes, before? But wasn't it in rapid city as well? Yeah. Yeah. That guy has a real thing about counting back change because yeah. I didn't get the sucks. job either. Yeah. I would have been such an amazing sandwich. Well, artist. and you'd been in the workforce for like 15 years at that point. <laughs> I was ready to retire. So my first, couldn't count back the first change. job I actually got hired for, I was a housekeeper mm. at Hart Ranch. Yeah. Just outside Rapid City. Yep. Cleaning trailers. And uh, they claimed to be a, I don't know, like a four or five star resort, mm-hmm. but it was because remember they had like a, they, their golf courses were amazing. Yeah. The actual facilities that you had to clean were, was rough. They were rough. Yeah. yeah. It was, I thought when I lived there, I thought that that was like, cause like the fancy people on rapid city, yeah. like went to heart ranch. Yeah. I, I only visited a few times. We yeah. were not heart ranch stock. You know, no, I family. only was cause I was cleaning poop out of the toilets yeah. in the trailer. So did, did really, they, did they not just flush it? Not sometimes. No. Okay. It is shocking. 
it is shocking what people do when they are staying in a place that is not theirs. That's true. What, how we turn into absolute animals <laughs> and just sure. don't flush toilets and just leave trash on the floor. Yep. All we're, that's we're true. A disgusting, yeah. disgusting race. Absolutely. All right. So back into this. So we've talked so far about uh, this problem of overhiring that's mm. really, really common in uh, a lot of ministries. Yeah. We've talked about uh, why it's a problem. We also talked about some of the reasons that we're prone to make such a mess of it and get into the mess of being overhired. So today we're going to start to talk about uh, why and when we should hire. Because the okay. point of this series has not been to be anti-hiring no. by any means, um, but to be... Uh, just intentional about the way that we're doing it. And so in a sentence, if we were to summarize when, like what our basic working principle is, is what we're looking for is an objective need that is evidenced by the fact that you've exhausted all other options and you have the resources available. So I'll say that again, mm -hmm. and then we're going to kind of pull that apart for our yep. conversation. Got it. So you need to have an objective need evidenced by the fact that you've exhausted all other options and you have the resources available. So there's kind of three parts to this that we're going to talk sure. about. The first is there needs to be an objective need mm -hmm. and an objective is the key word there. So yeah. it's, I know that you always get really confused between Listen, objective and subjective. I, I find it to be, it's almost like I've, I've gotten to the point where it's so problematic because I never know which one to use and I panic yeah. mid conversation. Yeah. It's almost as severe as like lefty Lucy righty tidy. Yeah. Uh, that's so important. I know you, you really need a rhyme. I do. I need a rhyme and I have worked on it. Like I, I work on these, like, aren't they called like a mnemonic devices or something where you come up with a like mnemonic a little, device? Yeah. 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 Uh, I can't come up with one. So if you, if you're a listener oh, and I like that. you have one, please, please send, it in. send it anyway. Anyway. I'm very available. <laughs> As a matter of fact, anyone listening could schedule an hour with me for free on my website. So I am very very accessible. I don't know if I'm available, yeah. but I'm accessible. So, yeah. so objective means oh, there's yeah. like, <laughs> what were we fact, talking about? I don't know. <laughs> fact based. It's not just based on the way that you, but there is an objective mm -hmm. need. As a matter of fact, yeah. one of my favorite things to do yeah. is to look up the meaning of words. Yes. And so I looked up the meaning of the word objective yep. to hopefully help my problem. I don't know if it will, but it means not influenced by personal feelings or opinions in considering and representing facts. Yes. Boom. So almost nothing in the world is objective. Yeah, that's true. But we are looking for more objective versus subjective need. Sure. And so one one thing that, you know, I think I've heard pastors talk about, leaders talk about is is the idea of like hiring ahead of the curve. Mm. Like nobody wants to get into the situation yeah. where you're like drowning and because uh, that happens apparently. Yeah. I've never experienced this thing where you're like, mm. I just can't go another day. If right. only we would have hired a year ago. Right, right. But maybe that happens somewhere. But in general, we have never sought to hire ahead of the curve. Right, right. So we're, we're looking for when there is an actual need present. Right. And I think that... Um, you know, one, I think what sometimes can happen is you you add a handful of families in a short period of time. Yeah. And you feel like that's Revival's it. Coming. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That movement you set out to start <laughs> is movementing on and that's you've right. got it. And so you've got it. You've got and and I think just the thing to call out is just because you've gone through that uh, you know, smaller season of that doesn't 
necessarily mean it's continuing. Maybe somebody invited a bunch of their friends. And so that's the end. Uh, you know, again, not uh, presuming on what God's doing, but I think on both ends, you can't presume that he's not. And I don't think you should presume that he is. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that's really important to keep in mind is that this is not retail. Mm-hmm. So there's not like spikes in different. I get that. Like everyone has a bunch of people show up for Easter mm-hmm. when you're allowed to, I don't know, have your church be open for Easter. Right. Uh, but a lot of people do that. But, Oftentimes, as we all feel the week after Easter, um, that was just a one week thing. Yeah. The, o- the only thing, the only time that you are more disappointed than is like you have the elation of Easter uh-huh. and then the week after is just the like, <laughs> yep. this is, this is the worst job ever. Exactly. And so, or there's not like product launches coming uh-huh. out, you know, like we're launching this new product, let's staff up for right. it. That type of thing. It just doesn't happen in the, in the same way in ministry. And so, uh, I get that in other jobs or maybe you're in a pastoral role and you've been coached that in other times and seasons. And I think I would really look at the differences between the roles and between mm-hmm. the organizations and, and, yeah. and the industries that you're in. Um, and I just don't see it as something that should really ever be done in the ministry Well, And there's world. just, there's not much that's m- less predictable than growth in a church. Right. Like, just because, I mean, just let's say you did get a big pop at Christmas Eve or mm-hmm. Easter or whatever, that doesn't guarantee it's going to happen like year over year right. in a super. And, and I think, especially because so many people who might listen to this are church plants, mm-hmm. you, you, you have like no data nope. <laughs> to even be able to look for any sort of predictable no. trend, even if there, there was one. Like if your church is 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, maybe you have some data on that. Sure. But we don't here. We sure. couldn't have been, we've been here for like two years and one of them has been a pandemic. So it's pretty hard to make predictions about what'll happen. Well, and I think if you're in kind of, you know, a smaller to medium sized town, sometimes what you experience is people excited about the new thing. Yeah. I remember, uh, so the town that we grew up in rapid city, South Dakota, I remember like anything that new came to town. It was always the hot thing for a few months. I yeah. remember, uh, when it opened, it was the busiest olive garden in the company for like three months. There was lines around the building. Like they were giving away thousand dollar bills. Yeah. I mean, it was, they are, nuts. they are giving away bottomless breadsticks. That's true. So that'll do That's it. true. But then like, you know, it tapered off and that yeah. sort of thing. So I think allowing some of those things to level off, to understand uh, what's actually happening and make sure that it's the right timing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Anything else before we get into like what, Yep. what objective is mm-hmm. anything else that you want to pitch in here? Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, you've got to be certain that the, um, uh, so how do I say this? You've got to be certain of the problem you're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. And then you also have to decide whether or not this decision to hire someone will solve that. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, does solving that problem move the ball down the field at all? I think that there's three things. Mm-hmm. So one, what am I trying to solve? Mm-hmm. Uh, does this hire solve that problem? And if that problem's solved, does it really make a difference? Mm-hmm. And I think that a, a great example I have is um, when I think of like hiring and Ridgeline and all of that, we have one glaring, horrible, just awful need in mm-hmm. our church. And that's anyone who has any experience with anything to do with production. Yeah. So sound lighting video, video. you pick the kind of production yeah. we need help in it. Yes, exactly. And, and so much so that like 
myself and then uh, this woman who moved here to help us uh, plant the church, Didi, we are collectively the production team. Yeah. And if I could tell you the number of times that we look at the soundboard or look at any problem we're facing and have no, I mean, we're just like, well, I don't know. Or yeah. like, it'll, it'll be Sunday morning. The band's doing a run through and you'll say, you know, uh, I need that, that bass drum to sound a little more fat. Mm-hmm. And we both are like, okay. And we just where's bring the, up the where's page. Where's the fat button? Yeah. There's not one I've learned. <laughs> and we just bring up the page and there's all these squiggly lines. Yeah. And you just sort of put your finger and drag it around. You guys are just finger painting back there. You 100%. might as well be. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean <laughs> that it, it's as sophisticated and scientific as that. Yeah. And every once in a while you're like, Oh yeah. I'm like I wished like the number of times. So we use uh, kind of this iPad system for mm-hmm. our board. Um, we take screenshots just so that maybe the following week, even though we're mobile and have to piece everything together, I think somewhere we believe, well, if I put all the dots in the right spot, it'll right. sound that way next week. Yeah. That's not the way it works. So like, is your but, point then in what you're saying? So, so let's say, so we have a need and it's in the production area uh-huh. that some people would look at that and go, okay, well then the thing I need to do is I need to hire a full-time worship person. Yes. Well, I would, I'm here to tell, like I was one. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about production. Sure. Like well, I know how to lead worship, but I don't know. But I just think in a situation like this, people listening probably even thought, well, they need to hire a worship person. Right. Well, or but- I mean a worship person, or even let's say that like, instead of just using it as an illustration, it's a real time thing. And we mm-hmm. know that that won't get it. Cause you were one and you don't know anything about that yeah. and all that stuff. And so we decide to hire even part-time, even a few hundred dollars, whatever the case might be, someone to help us and master in production. The reality is we have not had one uh, outside right. of yours. Right. We haven't had a single complaint right. about the sound. Um, <laughs> the only one that complains about it. Well, and you don't complain about it. Other than I have, you're, I have you're the only one who notices. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we haven't had a single person leave the church because right. they thought a video we did was too rink-a-dink. Yep. Um, our views have been appropriate for the size of our church as far as our service goes. And anyone who's watched our service and wonders, how do we do it? Get you an iPhone 12 because that's, that's the right. only sucker we use for anything you've seen from Ridgeline. Right. Um, because the reality is absolutely that's a deep need. And I don't feel any more dumb than on Sunday morning when we're doing sound check. And it's yeah. like me and Dee collectively yeah. feel dumb yeah, because uh, we don't understand any of it. Um, but it just like, so that problem does exist, but it's fine because mm-hmm. the truth is we've hit our lid on yeah. what we can do in that area. But I just cannot in my mind make a case for like blowing through that lid gets us anywhere else. Right. At all. Which I think is a good example of like, <laughs> just to confound you, uh, a subjective versus an objective need. Like, oh like uh, I'm, I'm out. You're out. I you're, go. you're going home. <laughs> I, I, I know that. And I, I mean, I would confess to feeling it. There's times where I'm like, I, I would just love to have anyone that knows what in the world they're doing, how, how to <laughs> like, too. how to like shoot and edit video and all. Cause we've just like, we've just kind of piecemealed it all together sure. for, especially being, you know, online only for almost a year now, we've just had to figure so many things out. It just would have been amazing to mm-hmm. have someone. And so I think what happens a lot of the time is not that there's like an, a mass exodus of people leaving because of production issue in churches. I think it's very common to be online and to see these like massive mega churches right. who have full time, like Hollywood production ask people sure. on their staffs to do stuff. And, and we think like, well, I have to be able to do that when the truth is, is 
that's not any of our tasks. Right. Like if that's, if you're pastoring that church, that might be, but if you're pastoring your church, your job is to care for your people. And it's not a problem if you're not getting a bunch of complaints, people aren't leaving in droves. You, it, it just might be something you wish was different. Sure. And you, and you might look at some of those things and want that. Like, so even as COVID first started, there were a big number of these kind of like worship teams and bands that were doing that, like zoom video, like Brady bunch, like multi-square thing. Yeah. And I didn't see very many of them, but what made me want to do one is I got a text message from a friend of mine. Who's the executive pastor of what would be considered a mega church in Orlando. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as a side note, they also have a campus focused on Disney cast members. And so in talking to him, they have a large number of Imagineers and things like that. And um, he sent his video and it was spectacular. And I wanted us to do it. And he also, I appreciate, shared with me that the person who produced that video was the same person who produced the happily ever after nighttime spectacular at the Magic Kingdom seen by millions of people every year. Yeah. So uh, different resources, yep. different, different availability, yeah. yep. you know, at, at that point, the, all Disney was closed. So that guy had some time on his hands. Yeah. The whole crew did. And yeah. so they were getting a lot of support. And it just is unhelpful for me to see that and be like, we must do that same thing. Right. We can't. Right. And it, and, and it doesn't help to make anyone feel badly about that or anything like that. And so, yeah, I think, I think that that would, it would ease a pain point, Mm -hmm. but not like the cost benefit on that is just so outweighed. Right. That's good. Yeah. So first thing is we need to have an objective need. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's one thing to just state that. I think it would be helpful if we put some flesh on, well, what does that actually, like what, to your point, there are very few things in life that are, according to the definition, are 100% mm-hmm. objective. Yep. But we can at least take some steps in that direction by trying to, so remember our sentence was, we're looking for an objective need evidenced by the fact that you've exhausted all other options. So mm-hmm. let's let's talk about the all other options. Sure. Thing. Exhausting all other options. All right. So I think one thing that's just really important is... Um, Based on your background and how you found yourself in pastoral ministry, what you bring to the table varies greatly. Mm -hmm. So maybe you were in high school, never had to have a job. You went to undergrad, you went to graduate school, and then you came out and were the lead pastor of a church based on the degree that you earned and your skill at like preparing and and preaching a sermon. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's all kinds of things that come to running a nonprofit organization beside just those couple of things. And so maybe you just don't understand a ton, like just, just like honest to God, you've never like put something on a calendar before. You don't know how they work or why Mm -hmm. you don't understand why some people are multicolored. And it just is like a world that, uh, kind of befuddles you. Um, YouTube's a great friend. And I think that it's a great opportunity to uh, grow in our own understanding and ability to execute some of those basic things that are incumbent on many jobs. Because I think we were even talking about this before, but I think one of the things that people rush to is the idea of an administrative assistant or someone to help with all the admin side of things. And I think the reality is so much of that is definitely doable ourselves. Yeah. And, it, and it is very learned and that kind of thing. And I even think about, so uh, as I I've shared it multiple times before on the podcast. I worked at Starbucks for a number of years. Mm-hmm. 
and I was trying to think through what level of person had a full-time dedicated assistant. So I, uh, at different times, oversaw up to 35 stores. My boss oversaw 150 stores, and even she uh, would have to share her admin amongst quite a few other peers of her own. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was her boss, a gentleman who oversaw 1,200 stores and like nine different states. It was that level Mm -hmm. that uh, had a full-time uh, admin person yeah. to like man. And I think what really happens at that point is based on just different skill sets. It's a thinking about like to have that gentleman spend his time and energy, even, even though I know him and know he could have managed his own yeah. calendar for them to spend that payroll on that when he could be doing other things that only he could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why that's necessary. But I think uh, if you think about that in terms of the kind of uh, span of influence and care and just size of organization and amount of leadership uh, responsibility you have in those types of things, um, it's not a very small church that really has the need for some, because up until that point, I mean, I oversaw, I had, you know, uh, several hundred partners, numbers of stores. And I mean, I didn't even have so much as like an admin email I could send something to. Like I was the admin. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that, um, again, whether or not you're, uh, a natively skilled in that, whether or not God's given you that like gift of administration, that's not what we're talking about necessarily. What we're talking about is just some basic skills as far as like calendaring and things like that. Um, and, and really challenging yourself to dive into, uh, especially in 2021, so many pieces of software, so many things that can really do it yourself for like dollars per month. Uh, they can help and assist you in those kind of things. So really challenging yourself to grow outside of, you know, here's my 10 and two. Mm-hmm. These are the three things I do and I'm not interested yeah. to expand outside of them, but I'm willing to embrace and learn new things and apply uh, new experiences and something that, uh, you know, we talk about a lot, just kind of the idea of that personal learning, mm-hmm. always looking for new experiences and skills to kind of put under your belt. Yeah. I think there's a, I mean, a couple problems on the seminary or Bible college training front. And that's, I think sometimes pastors come out with unrealistic expectations of what pastoring entails. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the reality is seminary largely prepares you for one thing, like one aspect of the ministry task, which is like preaching and teaching and studying. Mm. That's what you come out of seminary really, really adept at. Yep. But you, all these other things that are, and so I think, so part of it is because people are only trained in that. Sometimes they make the mistake of thinking that the job is only that. Right. And it's not. And, and I just think we have got to stop. Like you don't have to have the spiritual gift of administration to get a text from someone that's like, can we meet at two on Thursday? And you're like, Phew, I'd love to, but I don't know how to put that on the calendar. Cause I don't have the <laughs> spiritual gift of administration. Like side note, if somebody texts you that on an iPhone, you just it's touch underlined it. and you touch yes. it and it goes add to calendar. That's so, just, that's a little tip. I, I just really, I think that there are, we don't have to get into all the reasons why, but sure. man, I just, I think I, and I had, a, I, I had a lot more administrative support at redemption Absolutely. than even now. Like yep. I do all my own calendaring and I'm not saying this like as a brag, cause it's such a dumb, my point is sure. it's so embarrassing not to be able to do these things and to run a small church. So like I do my own email, I do my own calendaring, I do my own slides for Sunday. Sure. And I just can't believe the, the stuff I hear from pastors. They're like, I just, oh man, I don't know. I don't know how to do, I don't do any of that. 
What do you do? Sure. Well, I mean, even, you know, I think a great example is even this podcast. I think even the number of people I've interacted with that assumes someone produces it or that it's me. Uh And the truth is, like, I feel like when it comes to this, I get to be the talent and Uh you take care of every, I mean, you. That's how you you see yourself, huh? The talent. You're the talent. Uh Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's interesting. Keep going. (laughs) You didn't see it that way? No, I just, I just like knowing what you see. Go ahead. Uh-oh. Well, this is our last episode. From <laughs> No, but I... And in that, what I mean is that I get to sit down and record, yeah. and then at this is some like point the, you tell me it's posted. This is the like one of the only things in our life that works like this, which is a thing where largely you walk in yeah. and you go. Usually exactly. every other fast of our life, I walk into every setting True. and don't have to do that. I guess my point is, though, like... And at one point you didn't know how to do that. Yeah. And now you do it with your own podcast. You mm-hmm. do it with this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, either so myself or someone else take care of it for our Sunday morning one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, regardless, I think that uh, I just think that that's a great example of just like, I don't know, you wanted to have a podcast or like uh, you did the daily feed one, right? Yeah, the Ridgeline Daily Feed through, yeah. through the first, whatever, three, I think we did 60 Monday through Friday daily episodes, something like right. that. Right, and so you decided to do a daily kind of devotional episode for our church, and that didn't become someone else's problem. You were able to uh, record it and post it and all of that in a way that really blessed the people of our church, yeah. and now they kind of want it all the time. Yeah, that that backfired on me just backfired a little bit. Backfired a little bit. That's all right. So I feel like I could rant on this one uh-huh. all day long, but um, moving along. So we're talking about exhausting all the options. So one is just your own personal learning, growing in your own mm-hmm. skills. We've talked about that. Uh, another thing is really making sure that you've, we've talked about this some, but maximizing the volunteers that are at are willingly at our disposal. People yeah. want to serve, people want to help, people have gifts mm-hmm. and Sometimes I feel like that's just completely overlooked. Sure. It's like, well, if I can't do it, then we have to hire someone full time. Like, yeah. well, there's some steps between those two things. Sure. And I think a couple of things. One, you've got to make the need known. And and I don't think just from the front of the platform. I don't think just from like an announcement one week when most people are like checked out of what's going on, but in conversation, you know, I think as you're engaging and interacting with people, especially new people, listening for some of the things that they do and like to do, I think um, the primary way we add people to our worship team is just through conversation. And Or, so one of two things, either their spouse like lets us know that they do something, um, or just in conversation, it like casually like sneaks in there mm-hmm. and we can invite people to it. I think, uh, I appreciate that people aren't always like knocking down your door, ready mm-hmm. to like step into whatever they want to do. But, uh, I think sometimes people are a little more reserved about some of those things. Sometimes, uh, they're willing to do it, but don't necessarily have that burning desires. So that's why it's called service. We don't mm-hmm always do only the things that just like get us out of bed in the morning. Sometimes it's, you know, I'm going to serve in this way because I know that there's a need, that type of thing. And so I think it's just so important that before we rush to hiring, before you even decide, even as you hear that volunteer, well, I don't have anyone in my church that can do that. Here's what I'm here to say. At Ridgeline Church, there is not someone with production savvy yet. We keep praying them in. They're not here. But, uh, and if you're listening and you're at Ridgeline and you have that, Shame on you and Shame call you, me yeah. right now. Uh, <laughs> but 
I think that making that need known, and and that's even something I I feel like at prayer nights you've put put that up as a bullet point for something that we're like looking for and mm-hmm. praying in and that type yeah. of thing. And so I think uh, everyone knows that and everyone's on the lookout. And when that person comes in, me and Dee Dee will hug and never touch the board again. Yeah. Another, I mean, another I think step before between the like you do it yourself yeah. and hiring someone to do it is yeah. all of the remote and professional services that are available now. Sure. I mean, and again, not to make this just about our own thing, but like, that's what my XP is. Sure. Like it is the, the whole thing, the whole angle that we took on that was most, most like small to medium sized churches don't have the need for Mm -hmm. a full-time executive pastor. Yep. Or, and don't have the resources to be able to afford that hire. Yeah. Therefore, we can kind of live in that niche and, and help in that way. And the truth is, there it's not just my XP. There are a myriad of examples rather than just jump to, well, I got to hire, got to come up with, I mean, we talked about this last week. It's monopoly money to me. I don't actually know how much sure. you pay people. Yeah. But um, <laughs> a still lot not more. Through, for everyone's therapy. We're still not uh, doing that? No. All not. right, cool. Well, we'll just Didn't keep praying happen. about it. Okay. You do that. Uh, No, but I think what it does is it gives you an ability to dip your toe in the water to see if. So, again, back to my point earlier about, like, does it solve the problem? All of those types of things. You have a very uh, not risk free way because there's always some financial investment. Sure. But again, find a service that doesn't make you sign a 16 year contract. I mean, my XP, it's a 30 day notice. We're like a gym membership, man. You know, you can try us. You don't like us. Kick us out. It's great. Um, but I think, um, like dip your toe into the water, get some relief in that area Mm -hmm. to learn, like, was that your big problem? And I think sometimes when you find someone who has expertise, uh, they help you understand that there are way more problems than you thought, Mm -hmm. uh, that can help you out. Um, and sometimes it might just be, I think, especially if they're a service with integrity, they might, they might tell you, listen, like. Everything's going great. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm or not maybe sure like I can help, help there. Or, yeah, yeah. or we can help set a system that is then yours to run exactly. or something like totally. that. Totally. And so I think it's a great opportunity. Um, it doesn't impact the people of your church necessarily. I think even with my XP, I have some churches where people have wanted to put me on the website as their executive pastor. And I have other churches where I believe it's myself, the lead pastor and Jesus that know that I support them. <laughs> yeah, you're and like that's really, that's really up to them. We don't share like uh, names of our church clients. And so what Whatever you want to do, even if you just need help for a couple of months, I think there's so many services, whether it be video work, graphic design, virtual admin, just bookkeeping, the remote executive pastor support thing like we do. Uh, There's just a ton of areas that you can like like try it before you buy it sort of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. I I think another, again, another just making sure you've exhausted all your options is to really invite uh, some other voices that maybe have Mm -hmm. experience doing in, in a similar season. So, you know, I I have noticed I've had friends who uh, work in and run mega church pastor or run mega churches. Yep. They, because that's just like a completely different universe and experience. Mm -hmm. They, they live in a different world where it's just like, well, you just hire someone. Yeah. So you talk to a mega church pastor about what ails you and it's always, we'll just hire someone. Sure. It's like the elixir for all problems in life. Just hire sure. someone. Sure. And oftentimes it's just because there's this huge disconnect in understanding between their context and yours. Right. And so I think it's very important to find someone who has experience and is in a, a sim, has, it, has is in or has at least been through a similar size season 
the church culture is similar to mm-hmm. yours, I think is a really important thing. Yep. But I think finding someone to invite in to be able to speak into this stuff is really, really helpful. Sure. And I think uh, it's just important. Like it's got to be someone who is non-biased as possible. Because mm-hmm. if you even think about, well, I mean, you know, maybe you only have beside yourself lay elders. Well, depending on what you're talking about, it might be really challenging for even one of them, either a member of your church or an elder. So for example, if you're talking about, do we need a full-time youth? person Mm -hmm. and one of your elders has a teenage daughter um, who would love to see there be a youth group and Mm -hmm. build friends and all of that. It's going to be hard for that person to have a non-biased opinion on what is needed in the church um, and, and how to move forward. And so that's where I think you can like reach out and get some ideas from other people who can speak into, just like you said, all of these different aspects and might provide for you uh, an idea for a service you could use or might just say, you know what, um, we tried that, it didn't work, and here's why, or so on and so forth. And so I think uh, having that pool of experience from someone who um, kind of has been there, done that mm-hmm. sort of a thing, uh, might be someone in the same situation, or it might be just like uh, a guy you know has like, uh, maybe you're a church planter and you know a guy who's planted a couple churches, mm-hmm. or I mean, even even you have been a resource to people who have reached out. Uh, someone will message you mm-hmm. on Facebook or Instagram or something with just like, hey, can I you know uh, get a few minutes of your time? And as you're able, mm-hmm. uh, you do that. And I think that that's a really helpful tool. And there are things that uh, you would reach out to others for. Sure. Uh, based on just some questions that you might have. And so I think that's super important. Yeah, for sure. And I do think you mentioned like the student ministry thing, and I just want to continue to emphasize the importance of really taking time to deeply think through Mm -hmm. and diagnose, is there a problem even in the first place? Sure. Um, Because I think, you know, so using student ministry as an example, I have a middle school daughter right Uh now. I will have also a middle school son starting next year. And then a third son who will be in middle school in like three years. So that you would think like I'm, I would be on the, the biased end of like, we got to get a student ministry going right now. And I, I mean, I talk to pastors all the time that like launched and like, we got to get a student ministry right now. I would even just, and again, like this is, this is not law. I think the importance of student ministry is grossly overrated Mm. personally in the traditional sense of it, like where we have to create a circus every single week and it's a big, huge show. And not, not that, not that so much they throw up. Exactly. The games, like just that, I think that student, I think every person in your church needs to be cared for. Yep. And I think there are so many ways to accomplish that. Absolutely. And so I would not rush to, so we, we haven't rushed to that. We had a very sweet woman in our church who really loves middle school girls. And she invested deeply in Mm -hmm. the three middle school girls at the time that really, really needed it and did a phenomenal job. And the girls were in heaven. They loved it. Yep. But had we rushed to, well, we got to get a, got to get a student ministry pastor or what, like it just would have been this massive drag financially, it would have been this, I don't know. I, so I just, I would just, I want to continue to impress even on these problems that you, or needs that you have really spend time drilling down on. Is it a problem in the first place? And if it is, have we exhausted all of our needs, all of our options before we make the move to, I just feel like the hiring thing should be the last resort. Well, and I think one of the words that I've always liked that you've used a lot in ministry is this idea of let's experiment for a while with yeah. X or Y. And the problem is if you hire a full-time person, there's no experiment. No, uh, You've cashed in all the chips yep. and this is what's going to happen. And I think that um, 
really putting yourself in a place where you can try some things and give it a whirl yeah. and see what happens and if people respond and all of that kind of stuff is super important. Uh, one other thing I wanted to hit on that I think um, you can speak to a little bit just based on what you've done, mm-hmm. but um, I think another way to uh, exhaust all your options is whether you're planting a church or you have planted a church and you're in a situation where you have need, I think thinking through the people in your life, uh, whether or not they're in the same town as you and reaching out to them and inviting them to be a part of what God is doing in and mm. through your church. Yeah. I think that that is something that um, is not done near as much. I know, uh, you, you know, I'll let you speak to it in a second, but I think as people are aware of that and the, um, the volume of that, that has happened for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one, um, you know, just like we've always said, everyone's story is different and what Mm -hmm. God has for everyone is a little bit different. And I just wonder how many people make the ask, how many people really, because I think as we moved here, we had like a fully formed team Mm -hmm. of people who not a single one of them had the belief or vision of a job. Right. And, uh, and it was because we wanted to be a part of what's God's. So, uh, how do you do that? Why do you do that? Mm -hmm. And is it something others should do? Yeah. I mean, I think anytime I get asked about that, I, I, oh, my first thing is always, have you made the ask, mm-hmm. you know, back to what you just yeah. said. I, I, th- I think that, I mean, I was having a conversation with a woman yesterday who's getting ready to launch her first book and is looking for endorsements and was wondering how I got those. And we were talking about in the room and mm-hmm. how do I get those guests? And people are always shocked by, I, I message people on social media. Like mm-hmm. that's how yeah. I just think, and sometimes people say no, yeah. and a lot of the time people say yes. Yeah. And so I think that sometimes we underestimate, you know, moving to a new city and planting this church is is a an incredible step of faith for sure <clears throat> and an amazing adventure that yeah. people really do want to go on. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I think all in people who have moved here at this point, not including all of our, our little kids were like 11, mm-hmm. I think, something like that. Yeah. Um, and it's continued to happen. Like yeah. we had people who moved here in the very beginning. We yep. had people that moved here a year after we sure. have another, you know, couple family that moved here in the last few months, right. nine months pregnant in a pandemic Yep. to be a part of what God's doing here. Sure. And yeah, I mean, we didn't coerce, we didn't try to mm-hmm. convince, we just made the ask. And if God puts it on people's heart, then do it. I would, I would just say, I mean, we could probably have a long extended conversation about it. I think, should. I think that. I think that w- the most important way to increase the likelihood of a yes is mm-hmm. there has to be a, a, a significant history of investment, of relational investment. Totally. Absolutely. Um, I, I think that's a huge thing. These are very, very important relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and that's, even that's not in, entirely true. Like Denise and Nolan Mewborn, who moved from North Carolina mm-hmm. to come here with us. Yep. I think I'd shared two meals with them. Sure. Honestly, kind of thought they hated me. Sure. Before <laughs> this whole thing. And now they live here and I I'm still, I don't know. I'm still shocked by that. Well, yep. I think part of the problem was I was told that they did yeah, yeah. and that proved inaccurate. Yeah. But, but, but I would say by and large, the people who have chosen to come mm-hmm. with us, there was a long history of relational investment. That's a big thing. Sure. But I would just want to stress, like you just should always make the ask. Right. Cause you might have an awesome person that is looking for some kind of adventure that yeah. is like that God has laid on their heart. Uh, even this most recent couple that moved, it wasn't even like a direct ask. We got this email and we were just like, well, we like, that would be great. Yeah. And, and now they live here. Right. I mean, it's amazing. It so, is amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. 
So an objective need, uh, evidenced by the fact that you have exhausted all other options. And then that brings us to this third and final part. And then you need to have the available resources. So oh boy, n- yeah, hang on. Next week, next week we will talk. We're, we're going to spend vroom. some time. That's right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we're going to spend some time talking about, um, all that we believe that should entail. Cause, cause mm-hmm. by and large, that's not always thought through very well. People. So just, just remember when I vroom vroomed. Yeah, I don't, okay. I don't, I was just going to try to move past it. <laughs> so for, for this week, like what, what I think the point that we want to stress is we want to push back on the tendency to, um, make a faith higher. Yeah. Right. Yep. So it, I think, I think one of the most dangerous tendencies that I see in ministry is negligent, unwise decision-making that is baptized in faith. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a real problem. Sure. And so I think this is, this is one way you have, you're barely making your paycheck, but you just have like, we have this need. Yep. And so we're going to hire in faith. Yep. And I would say that puts you at risk. It mm-hmm. puts your church at risk. It puts the person you're hiring at risk. Man. And, and man, I'm obviously I'm pro faith. I just think it would serve us well to think a little bit more critically about what faith is mm-hmm. <laughs> and that it, that it's not ever right to baptize negligence in faith. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. So we've never, we, we just don't really do the, the, like the faith hire thing. No, we have to, I, I even remember when we brought you on, when we brought Scott on at redemption, every hire that we've ever made, I, we, you and I have had a very, very thorough conversation where you have been able to explain mm-hmm. literally on paper, here's how this works. Yep. And it's, I mean, <laughs> I feel like there's enough in life and ministry, <clears throat> excuse me, that we need faith for. Yeah. I don't want finances for people's jobs to be one of those things. Like, right. let's just figure that out on the front end and make sure we can actually do this. Sure. Um, otherwise, I would argue it's just not very good stewardship, no matter what you call it. Sure. And certainly, there's just because you have the resources today doesn't mean you'll have them forever. It doesn't mean yep. that uh, some of those things don't ebb and flow. But I think making sure that it like makes sense on paper is really important. Yep, I agree. And so just one last reason that we think this matters so much. Oh gosh. So I think, I think oftentimes when we think about like the, the financial impact that it has, and that's the angle that we've been talking about through a lot of this, we're, we're primarily thinking about, and most ministry leaders are thinking about over hiring as a problem for the quote unquote organization, like the organizational impact of if we get in over our head financially. And I think what doesn't get thought of enough that I think you always do a good job of, of, of pointing out is that you are deeply impacting another human being's life Oh man, that you're hiring. And, and sometimes the the person you're hiring is internal and they're local and they already live there. But sometimes you're literally hiring from across the country or across the world or, Mm -hmm. and, and, and I just don't think that, and that's a great, uh, that, that would be my point about like why you shouldn't quote unquote faith hire is like, if you're going to ask people to make that kind of sizable shift and move in life, you should be pretty certain you can pay them. Right. Absolutely. And I think very certain that the need exists because maybe you have three kids and you hire someone to be like full-time youth and six months later, there's only three kids. Like that's not that person's fault. Right. It's just like putting the pressure on someone else to grow the church or to grow their area. I just think is, it's not 
biblical. It's not helpful. Yeah. It's not fair. It, you know, all of those types of things. And so I think that, I think the impact, you know, you've, you've had to do it a number of times, but pulling your kids out of school and the friends they leave behind and mm-hmm. all of that, like there's so much wrapped up in, or even if someone's local, you know, maybe they are just fine on the career path they're on working hard, doing a great job there. And, um, and they get sort of pulled out of that for the promise of like, I think what's hard is no matter what you do, uh, I think most people who are Christians would probably spend some amount of time considering something in ministry just because it's hard to have, uh, there aren't a ton of vocations where you get to make the same impact on mm-hmm. people's lives and eternities like right. you do in ministry. Right. I mean, I loved, loved, loved what I did at Starbucks, but it was just hard for me to feel like uh, making sure that like soccer mom got no foam on her latte equaled mm-hmm. uh, what I've gotten to do here. Mm-hmm. It just and, and so it's very easy, uh, and I think even, even as pastors, part of your profession and your job is to like be compelling and, and help people believe in, you know, this thing they can't see and Mm -hmm. all of these kind of things. And so for you to cast a vision that is very luring for like, come do Mm -hmm. this is possible. And again, anyone who accepts that they have some responsibility as well, but make no mistake as the leader, you absolutely do too. 100%. And, And I would go a step further to say, and you'll give an account. Yeah. And that's going to be an awkward combo mm. between you and Jesus. And that guy's wife, if it's a guy. If it's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> And his kids that are sad oh, and have anxiety issues because yeah. you didn't think through whether and because you had to yeah. do a faith hire. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So next week we will talk about some of the specifics to think through that like, so what does it mean to have the resource? Yes, exactly. Yep. And, yeah. and put some flesh to that. Because again, I think this is one of the, those areas that as pastors, like I, I was never trained in that. Thankfully you had a bunch of experience in the marketplace. And so had, had been through that and could help sure. me think critically about that. But I was just, I don't, I don't know. They get to eat. I think is like <laughs> the only thing anyone's thinking about. Sure. So how what do we your bills? Yeah, exactly. Let's pay you $2 more than that. <laughs> That's yeah. Right. yeah. So what are the pieces that need to be in place for us to quote unquote, have the resources available? Totally. So we'll be back for that. As always, we want you to know we count it a great honor that you would give the time to listen to this episode. And if you have enjoyed it, you can always help us in three ways. The first is uh, you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts if you haven't subscribed yet. You can also leave a review wherever it is that you listen. That's one of the main factors that helps uh, drive visibility in all of these different platforms. So review us, give us the stars, whatever it is that they do. (laughs) And then lastly, we would love to connect with you on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at, at Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And you can find me on the same platforms at, at Tyler Dravitz. That's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. As always, thanks so much for listening, and we're going to see you next week. All right, I guess actually we're not going to see them. You they won't see, see us. I always say that, but it's not. We're not going to see. You're going to listen again next week. Yeah. Hopefully. Okay. Catch you on the flippity flip. Oh, God. That was next level. <laughs> <laughs>